worshipped. And then they continued after seven hours of worship and prayed for seven hours. They were standing on their feet for 14 hours before the living God. Listen to me. For the wind blows wherever it wills. We do not know where it's coming from, neither do we know where it's going. And Jesus said what? Such are those who are led by the Spirit. Your Christianity is turning to reality. Somebody didn't hear what I said. It is good to say I believe in Jesus. It is good to go to church. But it's another thing which is better to experience the word of God personally. What God is doing this week is giving experiential manifestation of the word of God. And I want to thank God for the testimonies I've been hearing from many of you. And also, I'm so much impressed that we had testimonies from people watching in their homes across the globe during this week. And also, I received some questions about uh, prophetic. Don't you expect it? Yes, because every last week of August... For the past 28 years, this church, this 29th year really, 29th year because we finished 28. This church, no, it's 28 because after the birth. This church was told by the Lord that we should observe Holy Ghost Convention. One of the three major conferences the Holy Spirit told us, which is a pattern and a template for Christ's faith tabernacle. The Lord Jesus told me when this church was to, to begin, He said to me that many people go to church for years, they don't know anything about Jesus. So He said to me, do Jesus seminar regularly. It's a covenant between us and the Lord. So every CFT globally, they will do Jesus seminar at the minimum twice in a year. During Christmas, they will do Jesus seminar. During Easter, they will do Jesus seminar. But we do it here about three times or whatever. And the Lord said, another thing you must be doing is Holy Ghost Convention. So we started Holy Ghost Convention in 1990. And the Lord said, the reason is because many people come to church, but they don't know about the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know about the Holy Spirit, God cannot help you too much. Because He has given you the Holy Spirit to supply everything that He has for you. And if a Christian does not know about the Holy Spirit... He will suffer a lot. So what we look at, as in Jesus' seminar, we look at the pre-existing Christ. We look at Jesus on the book of Genesis 1 to the coming again of the Lord Jesus. So that everybody who is in this house have complete knowledge about Christ before the New Testament. Christ was. In the Old Testament, Christ was. And the New Testament, Christ was. And now Christ is, and in the future Christ shall come again. And so we look at that, and then Holy Ghost, we look at who is the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We look at everything about the Holy Spirit. Why did God say send the Holy Spirit? What did the Father say about the Holy Spirit? What did the Son say about the Holy Spirit? What did the Holy Spirit say about Himself? So this week, therefore, and of course the third one is our 
anniversary where the Lord said we should strengthen and prepare every member of this church as leaders for tomorrow. So our leadership meeting in this in Christ of Tabernacle, therefore, is open to everybody. Even if you joined CFT a day before, even if you are not a member of CFT, you can come to CFT leader training. So that you are fully trained. And then when the Lord will call you into ministry, you already have been armed. And you will not, God will not call you to be a pastor and will send you out. And you don't know what is, how, what is a church. How do you start a church? How do you run a church? All that we do during our convention. So that every information you need, we put it in your hands. Waiting for your calling. But you know what gladdens my heart so much this week is this. Heaven had fallen into this place from Tuesday. Amen. <laughs> Before we go on, don't forget where this lecture stands from. Prophet Joel. He said in chapter 2 verse 28, shall we read it together please? Stop. That's the only verse and the only sentence we have been trying to unravel. That scripture, Joel promised by God, or God promised through Joel. He says, and afterwards I will pour out my spirit upon all people. And he's talking about God's people. All flesh. Why did we know that he's talking about Christians? Because he says sons and daughters. Isn't it? So the word people there is qualified. So that we don't think that it is the whole world. No, he didn't pour his spirit upon the whole world. He created the whole world and the people. But he poured his spirit only to those who are sons and daughters. And then he said here, sons and daughters will what? Prophesy. So therefore, we went into the book of Acts chapter 2. Which is that and when the table the of Pentecost has fully come, they were together in one place, and suddenly a sound like a rushing wind filled the place where they were praying, and a tongue like fire came down from heaven and split over all of them. And they were all what filled with the Holy Spirit and began to what speak in other tongues as as the Spirit enables them. So when Paul was defending the day of Pentecost, he said in that same scripture in chapter 2 that this is, in chapter 3, that this is the confirmation of what Prophet Joel said. And he quoted Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Now, which means the prophecy of Joel took several years before it happened, but it did happen. Yes? So, haven't this happened? Joel said, sons and daughters will prophesy, isn't it? Sons and daughters will prophesy. Joel didn't know we would speak in tongues. Because God gave him the ultimate purpose of Holy Spirit to the church. But the Bible tells us, really before we go into that, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Yes? But when the day of Pentecost came, what marked him was... They spoke in tongues. And they prophesied. Though they were prophesying in human languages. But the human beings who had them, if you go to verse 11, says we had them speak mystery. So a man who is, um, 
you know, from uh, my mother's village, Abulefo, he began to speak in Frank, French. Typical French. They are unschooled. After speaking that French, she cannot understand what she said anymore. Because she spoke French under the Holy Spirit. And a Frenchman was speaking Igbo. And then a German started speaking in Ghana. Of Ghana. Ashanti Kotoko. And then I think if the queen was there, she, was, she probably was speaking in Swahili. So everybody spoke different languages. Which is strange. And the moment they finished speaking that language, declined the mystery of God, they did not have ability to continue in that language of man. Of course, we recognize that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 yesterday, they continued to speak in tongues. Because Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Okay, so... So they spoke in other tongues, but they were not speaking the Greeks that they were speaking on the Pentecost. So, our concern is this. Joel said they will prophesy. But here are many Christians upon the earth not prophesying. And we began to investigate the New Testament evidence. Does New Testament also say we should prophesy? Yes, First Corinthians chapter 14. If we read together from verse 1, shall we? Stop. This is Friday. Hallelujah. It is, Friday is always exciting day in the world. Amen. Some are excited for wrong cause, but we are excited for God's cause. Amen. Let's read that word of my God and read it to your spirit. Yes. Excuse me. The Bible tells Pentecostal, Evangelical, Roman Catholic, and Anglican, and Methodist, and Presbyterian, and all that profess the name of Jesus. Follow the way of love. And who is Christ himself. But he got a desire for ritual gifts. Especially the gift of prophecy. So, Joel said the gift of prophecy... Corinthians says the gift of prophecy. Why prophecy? Why are they not talking about signs and wonders? Why are they not talking about miracles? Why are they not talking about the gift of faith? Why are they not talking about, you know, um, discernment? And they are talking about prophecy. I think the next verse, Paul began to explain the reason for that. Let's read the next verse together. That is interesting. Some Christians say that then you don't have to speak in tongues. But we recognize that, no, that's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying here that he who speaks in tongues, when you speak in tongues, you do not speak to men, you speak to God. Those Christians don't want to speak to God? Yes, you want to speak to God. But it says, for, for us not to be narrow-minded and say that if you can't speak in tongues, then you are not speaking to God. He qualified it. He says in this context, when a person is praying in tongues, he's speaking to God about mysteries. And yesterday I helped you to understand when the Holy Spirit woke me up many years ago and told me to pray for one of my members in England. 
at, at about 2 a.m. And I didn't know what to pray. So I began to pray in tongues. And by the time I prayed, after 3, I spoke in English. But what happened was that that man was attacked by the devil. During the period that the Lord woke me up, he was gasping for breath. And when I spoke in English, after praying for one hour in tongues, I said, release Ryan in the name of Jesus. And that spirit departed from him instantly. And his wife was awake, seeing all the demonstration of his husband, or her husband, near death. So when you speak in tongues, Satan is confused. You remember those some who sang, I think they must be Nigerians, those who sing that kind of song. It says, Amen, Amen, binding the devil, releasing power in this place, speaking in tongues, Satan is confused forever and ever. Of course he's confused because the Bible says we speak mystery. So if the devil surround me now and I begin to speak in tongues, the devil or the demons don't know what I'm saying, but I'm communicating with the Father. Only myself and the Father knows. Angels are looking at me, they don't understand it. And the angels will be waiting for instruction that they understand. They see the demons, they cannot act because I have not given instruction. And they have not received instruction from God. So I began to communicate with God. And as I was speaking, demons are confused. Angels are wondering. And suddenly I opened my mouth by the Spirit of God coming down into my spirit again. And I spoke in understanding. And the angels bind all those spirits. Because that's what I said. So speaking in tongues, one, you speak to God mystery. Number two, what did you say about speaking in tongues? He who speaks not does not speak to men. Indeed, he speaks on it men who don't understand, but he also has mystery in, in the spirit. Look at the next verse. Number two, why you speak in tongues? But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Then the next verse. He who speaks in tongues does what? Edifies himself. So edify means build up. So and we understand that when you when the Bible says build up yourself, it's not talking about your big body. Because you need the elder Balofian to build your body. <clears throat> he is the one who trains all those, all men who have gone, who have lost their six, seven packs or what? <clears throat> In this church, including myself. Once you send us to Pastor Brother Balofian, within short period, all the six packs come back and our wives are happy. Amen. Amen. Because he builds your body. He is a body trainer. So therefore, this scripture is not talking about body of in the physical. It's talking about your spiritual body. He who speaks in tongues build up his body. And it's talking about your spiritual body, which is your spirit man and your soul. Therefore, if speaking in tongues build up your spiritual, then it is necessary for Christians to speak in tongues. Somebody say Amen. Number one, it is your right to speak in tongues, it's not a privilege. Know that for sure. Because it's your right, why? Because what? Why should we speak in tongues? God says so. He says so. Now listen to this, therefore. But he who prophesies edifies the church. So we recognize that he who prophesies build up the church or encourage the church. Now, yesterday I was... Help you to understand the difference between prophecy and the office of prophet. And I showed you in the Bible about the definition of prophecy. 
And I will answer the question of somebody who is watching right now, who sent a question, which could be a question that is necessary for all of us to, to listen to the answer. But, however, let us understand prophecy according to the written word. Now, can I say this to you? What causes confusion in the body of Christ is this. When a man derogates from the written word and follows ideologies that men express, supposedly should be reasonable. Now, it may be reasonable, but it is not God-label. Eh? Because the reason of man is infinitesimally small. The reason of God, the reason of God, the other way, is infinitesimally small to the reason of man. In another word, it is astronomically, ex, uh, you know, uh, huge, large. It says, my, re- my way is not your way, my thoughts are not your thoughts. So, whenever we try to use human experiences to explain what the Bible ought to say, we're going to error. It, the Bible works for us because we just stay within the boundary. Are we together now? Okay, I say that to say. What of the Bible? First of all, that verse 3. Go back there, brother. He who speaks in tongues speaks not to men, but to God. So we know that you speak mystery to God, number two. If you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. Okay, there. Therefore, verse 13 of the same chapter. For those who speak in tongues, what did he say to you? Shall we read it together? So why have you been speaking in tongues for 10 years and you didn't pray for interpretation? The Bible commands you to do so. Isn't it? You prayed for tongues, you got it. And you just stopped there. You know why? Because this present age church, many of us who are Pentecostals, some time ago, we thought when we speak in tongues, we have arrived. Hallelujah. You didn't answer me because you are a victim. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Oh my, I can speak in tongues. I went to a church service and they, took, they, they gave them a prayer point to pray. And there's a brother there, the moment they give them prayer point in English, he will start until the end. So at the end, I called him that the prayer point they told you to pray. They told you what to ask for. And you are saying all the time, what have you prayed? Excuse me. Ba, 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 ba. It's not the prayer they said. They didn't say our prayer point today is ba, 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 ba. no. They said pray that God will bless this person, or God will heal this person, or that God will choose for us a leader in our country. <coughs> and you say ba, 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 ba. then they say pray that every evil spirit that is disturbing people should be bound. You went again. Ba, 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 ba. They said okay, pray for the uh, peace in every marriage, and then again you went. Ba, 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 ba. Can you understand? Is only the language of God? I said to brother, you are not praying at all. Because in the book of Acts chapter, go and read it very well. In the book of Acts chapter 4, they said after they had been persecuted, they came back to their own company. They lifted up their voices together as one and they said, Sovereign Lord. They didn't say, Baba, Baba. Are we together now? So, if you have been speaking in tongues, great. Pray for power to interpret. So we learn that now that we will start praying for power to interpret. Yes? Come on now. Church answer me. Yeah, power to interpret. 
It says, for this reason, he who speaks in tongues should pray for power to interpret what he says. Then let's now go back to verse 14. It says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. That explains further the activity that is happening when you are speaking in tongues. It's no more your mind praying, but your spirit is praying. Yes? Because your spirit is praying mystery. The language of your spirit is not what you are speaking. What you are speaking came from your mind because you were taught. Are we together now? You see, my mind is unfruitful. So I can't understand. What shall I do therefore? Look at the next verse. Shall we read it together? So what shall I? Uh-huh. So I will pray with my spirit in tongues and I will pray in my language. So it's not ba 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 in every prayer, robo robo. No. You pray in tongues and you pray in your language, whatever your language is. Pray in tongues and pray your language because when you pray in tongues, you build up your spirit. And when your spirit is built up, authority comes, you start to speak it in human language. You cannot cast out a demon in tongues because demons don't understand. When you bind them in tongues, they don't understand what you are saying. Angels don't understand what you are saying, but when you say, after praying in tongues, and you, you build up your authority inside you and say, I bind you in the name of Jesus, angels will begin to bind those spirits. And you say to the spirit, I rebuke you, live in the name of Jesus, they will take to their heels. Because they can understand the language you utter, but they cannot understand the tongue you utter. Even angels cannot. Because it's a communication line between man, spirit of man, and the spirit of God. Do we get that now? But then what shall I do? Pray in tongues, pray in your language. Then he says, I will sing with my spirit, but I will also what? Sing with my language. That happened when you were worshipping now, right now. Are you with me now? Because today I left you for a long time because I, I wanted you to practicalize what you have been receiving. Did you not see that? I sat over there and I saw Prophet Zach now in year one. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> prophet Zach came to me one day and said, Apostle, you have called me prophet from my, my, my credo. He said, when will I start prophesying? I said, this year. Amen. <laughs> uh, your time has come. Oh, yeah. And I was watching him following the trend of the Spirit. Yes? And so when the Spirit of God came in the time of singing, and people began to speak in the new tongues, and people began to prophesy... He, they introduced the second song and he held on. That is walking by the Spirit. Alright, that's what I want to see. And he held on. And when he held on, the keyboardist was still playing. And so that's why I came up and said, that, just keep on with what you are doing. Flow with the Spirit. And then, the keyboardist instrumentalist went down. And the moment the Spirit lifted... And worship should trigger him. He started singing. I said, he's in Jawan now, Lord. Little did he know that he's now prophesying. Are we together now? You know, you are the people who say practice makes what? Some people say perfection. Whichever one you believe or you vote for. Whatever you practice, you get better in it. Simple. Isn't it? Some people practice wickedness, 
they get better in wickedness. Practice deception, they get better in deception. They practice lie until they become lie practitioner. That is a professional chartered liar. Let me say something to you. If you practice godliness, you become better in godliness too. You practice tongue, you become better in speaking in tongues. You practice worshiping in tongues, you become better in worshiping in tongues. <clears throat> I will together now. So we recognize that we can sing with our spirit and sing in tongues. We can worship with our spirit. We can pray all kinds of prayer. Supplication, intercession, you know, casting out demons. Every prayer that we pray humanly, we can pray them in tongues. And much more importantly, if you can pray in tongues, you cannot be tired, man. When we say we are praying to God and people are getting tired after praying for 2 minutes, 3 minutes, 5 minutes, 15 minutes, you are getting tired. What is making you tired? You need fire inside you, which is the Holy Ghost. If you wake up in the morning, early in the morning, you have just put your head on the bed 15 minutes and you are very tired before you went to bed. And 15 minutes, something woke you up. And you are so tired. The only thing a Christian can do that tiredness will disappear is to start praying in tongues within 3 minutes. You will recover back yourself. And you will never have headache when you go to work the second day. You don't spend time in God's presence and, and be worried in your body. Forget it. Uh, Moses was in his prayer for 40, 40 days. He came back stronger. He wasn't hungry for 40 days. Jesus went to the wilderness for 40 days. Who told you he was hungry? The Bible says he was not hungry throughout 40 days. He was in the wilderness. He said well, after the 40 days, then he was hungry. Because God led him to 40 days. The 40 days that many people do today, they lead themselves there. That's why from the day, even from the time they say they will go 40 days, hunger starts to attack them. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> they were not led by the Spirit of God. They want to fast for 40 days because they want to show people that we will fast for 60 days. Even, you know, the situation in Nigeria. God will help Nigeria. Because those guys are serious, I tell you. Very anointed, anointed, so anointed, anointed, solely, I'm so anointed. That they are fasting 100 days. Can you imagine? They are breaking record in the field of fasting. But nothing is happening in the country. That is no fasting. That is hunger strike. I will together now. When you are getting tired, trouble charge of your engine is tongues. It will blow off every, every... I won't, mommy will have told you her testimony because when we got to yesterday, mama went exploded. I said, my Lord. My Lord. So... After blowing, 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 blowing for one hour, thank God we finished the prayer. I went to went up to my own bed, and she remained there. When I woke up in the morning, the testimony she was giving me is incredible. Prayer heals your body. Prayer renews your body. Prayer heals, renews your strength. Prayer develops your spirit. Prayer does everything good for you. That's why Satan fights with us not to pray. Satan does not matter, he doesn't care how long we discuss politics that nobody had that cannot influence the country except the two of us or three of us arguing it and when we finish the argument it added no value to us than to waste our good time because the people we are talking about they didn't even hear what we are saying Hallelujah! people that even if you protest they will be looking at you they will still do what they want to do so therefore but say, Father, in the name of Jesus, somebody start to nod his head within five minutes. That is the devil, my friend. 
That is Satan. He doesn't want you to pray. He doesn't want you to pray. Jesus says the Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Ask Him prayer. But we broke that barrier now. I say we broke that barrier. You will pray in tongues. You will sing in tongues. You will worship in tongues. Everything the Bible says a Christian should do in tongues, everyone that entered this house, it will come to pass over your life. This is the house of reality. So, therefore, what about prophecy? Which is the main thing? Go to verse 4 of this same scripture. He who speaks in tongues edifies his blood himself, but he who prophesies builds up the church. Okay? But you know before he has said to you that you should desire especially the gift of prophecy in verse 1, isn't it? So, why did the Bible say uh, 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 follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gift, especially the gift of prophecy? The number one reason why the Bible says it is because the gift of prophecy build up, that up. Somebody is confused. It gives him direction in church. Thus said the Lord, over this issue that you have been thinking, this is the direction you should take. In this church, some people have come to me before. There is a particular testimony. Um, the brother came to me and he got two offers in a job. One offer is more salary than the other. Yes? So, in natural instinct, what do you say? The bigger salary is... Uh, is that also? Come on now, let's talk together. But then, when he came to me and said, Apostle, look... These people have offered me so much, and they are bigger company. This is a smaller company, but they have offered me little. Which one should I take? And when I prayed, the Lord said, take the smaller company. Ah, uh-uh. The fact is that, why did you come to me for prayer? Is it not because you want to know direction? <laughs> or you are determined to work for the big company? Before you came to ask God, God saw his heart, isn't it? So the Lord told me to tell him, take the smaller company. But you know when God speaks like that, he will tell you why. God will tell you why. That's how you know God is speaking. Say, Lord, why? The Lord says, you see that big company in seven months will close down. He says, this small company now will take over the job of that big company. I says, in this company that you are going into, within two years, you'll be earning about almost double what you are offered there. I said, all right. So he went to the smaller company. Seven months, the big company busted. In about two years, he was, people from the big company that were absorbed, he was now their boss. And his salary exploded. That is what prophecy does. Prophecy does not give you information for you to think about. It tells you specific. Because if prophecy is to reveal mystery, okay, mystery revealed is what you have understood or what you understand. So whenever somebody gives you a prophecy that is hanging in catenary, you do not know whether it is this or that, then certainly that person, if it is God speaking, God has not finished speaking. He should go back to God and get definite information. If he has not gotten it, then God hasn't spoken yet. 
Because our God does not speak to you and leave you to go and be working it out. No. When he said to Moses, I'm sending you. Moses said, you made a mistake. He said, okay, let me show you I didn't make a mistake. He gave him sign, put his hand, he left us. Who God? He said, put it back. He said, so this is me. God said, look. And Moses said, look, God, you don't understand. I am a human being. I am a stammerer. God said, sorry, Moses. That's why I gave you a brother, a senior brother who came before you. He's a good talker. I blessed him with the gift of talking. And it's because of you. Then God went further and said, I don't you understand? I have made you like God to him. When you are thinking, he will say it. God does not leave you with a, with, into a cloud of, of, of confusion. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. And when Moses did not understand, he said, throw your, your rod on the ground. It became a serpent. Moses ran. He said, come back. Pick it up. It is your rod, not my rod. He picked it up with fear. He became a rod again. He said, so you do that when you get to... to, to, to. If you look at the chapter 13, 14... From chapter 12 to chapter 14, you will see how God interacts with man. You know, God told Moses everything he would do, but he didn't tell ignoramus, people who are complainants in the church. He didn't tell them. Because they already have a word. The word is complain. So somebody who complain, who mama, who mama, God leave them to keep on mama. Their name is Mr. Mama. <laughs> a friend of mine bears that name. Whatever the case may be. But the people who don't murmur, who don't grumble at God, God gives them instruction, direction, definite. Okay, so therefore, if we look at it, what am I saying? I'm talking about what is prophecy. We must understand this very clearly. Because tonight, those of you who prophesied yesterday, you prophesied more tonight. You didn't say amen. No. If you have never prophesied that you are coming tonight, get ready, you are going to prophesy tonight. The things you say will come to pass. That is prophecy. Oh yes, Lord. Thank you. Now, so he who prophesies edifies the church. Correct? Now, let's look at the next verse about prophetic. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. But I would rather have you what? Prophesy. Then let's read the, la- the next line. He... Okay, everybody look up. Let's read together. He... Read it again. At least those of you who were here yesterday can understand. When you get to the valley of dry bones and you are speaking in tongues, the bones are looking at you that what is he saying? Hallelujah, somebody. Dry bones don't understand tongues. You see a mountain before you and you are speaking in tongues. The mountain don't know what you are saying. Listen to me. But Jesus said, we said to this mountain, be ye removed and tell him where to go. Then it shall be so if you don't doubt. Do we understand that? So therefore, if prophecy is the word of your mouth, then you need faith. To propel it to manifestation. Isn't it? Come on now church. Jesus says if you say to the mountain be removed. And that mountain you said to him to be removed. And be thrown into the sea. And you don't doubt it. Jesus said that which you said will come to pass. Isn't it? Now when you prophesy. With what do you prophesy? Your mouth. Isn't it? So which means that when you prophesy. You need faith 
for your prophecy to be manifest. That is a class of prophetic, prophetic, which is prophetic declaration. You want evidence from the scripture? Look at Romans chapter, chapter 12 verse 6. We will come back to this one very quickly. Shall we read Romans chapter 12 verse 6 together please? Alright, stop. Read it the cathedral way please. Uh-huh. Stop. So, if your gift is prophesying, it needs a proportion of faith. Are we together now? Look, let me say this to you. That yesterday we went into the first stage of prophetic, which is prophetic declaration. Prophetic declaration, therefore, is a declaration you make, which is based on the written word of God, but when you regurgitate it, you are speaking it to be. Yes? That is prophetic declaration. It's different from prophetic utterance. Utterance is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and out of your lips you are speaking what is to be. Like in January, on January 31st and January 1st, 2nd and 3rd, I was discussing with you, and the Holy Spirit came upon me, and I began to tell you about the earthquake that happened this year, in uh, Hawaii, told you about the volcano that happened in uh, Guatemala, told you about the situation that our Prime Minister got into from the month of May, and told you what is going to happen in England in the month of October. Those ones are utterance because the Holy Spirit came upon me, and it was speaking through my lips. I had no control over what it was saying. And those things I do not feel in my mind. Now, let me differentiate here. It is not that I felt so in my spirit. No, 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 no. Utterance of God, you don't feel it. You flow it. Sometimes when you are given utterance by God, you will see with the eye of your mind what you are speaking. So that you can stop and describe to detail what you are speaking. It's like when God revealed to me that Trump was going to be the president of, of America eight years before Trump manifested. And I stood among you and I described that man I see. When we are praying concerning Obama, I told you, a man is coming after Obama. God said, forget about the Obama reign. Obama will win, but somebody is coming after Obama. And this is the one who has demanded for America. And I described him to you. To hide, to the way he combs his hair. Now, that is utterance. I was in Nigeria in January the, I don't know what year Buhari came in in Nigeria. Now, what is the year Buhari of Nigeria came in? 2015. I was in Nigeria in January 2015, and there is a lot of commotion about the old president and the new president. And the old president was uh, good luck, all right? But then, prophecies we are coming from all over the whole nation that good luck is going to win is the divine destiny of good luck to rule again in nigeria and i was speaking to ministers not talking about uh, nigeria i was teaching them about the prophetic spirit and then uh, the holy spirit came upon me and i said i and as i was speaking i was seeing i said i saw a tree humongous and huge 
And then beside it, I saw a shrub just growing from the dust of the earth. And I said, and I saw an angel. And the voice of the Lord said, push that tree. And the angel with one finger pushed the tree and the tree fell. But under the tree was fibrous roots instead of tap roots. And I turned to the Lord and said, Lord, what is this? He said, this is the former president of Nigeria, good luck. He said, I made him mighty, but his roots have been eaten up by worms. And the Lord says that his reign is over. And I said, who is this shrub? And he said, this is Buhari, the next president of Nigeria. And I said, Lord, what is his mission? I was talking to them, to the people, as I was speaking. And I saw the blade. People were playing with it for one year. And from the second year, the leaves became a blade that cut their hand into two. And I said, what is this? He said, it will bring forth judgment over the nation of Nigeria. And he said, and I saw, as the shrub was cutting everybody, cutting everybody, cutting everybody. And after the four years, it cut itself down and it was totally destroyed. And he says to me that after the four years is going, with his hand, he shall cut himself down. This man had not been agreed by Nigeria that he would be the president of Nigeria. Really, everybody was praying against him. When the God of heaven had determined that he shall... Let me say something to you. When God determines that somebody will rule, what that person does is not God's business. If he does not do what God instructed, when he dies, he will stand before judgment. People don't understand that. So, prophetic utterance come like that. And that was a press man there. And that press man said, Sir, but you know, but you know, all prophecies said, contrary to what you are saying, who shall we believe? Now listen to a prophetic utterance. When he said to me, who shall we believe? And the Lord said to me, tell them, they are, they are praying for Nigeria for the month of February, and people are saying prophecies that Nigeria will go into war. Tell them I have not spoken through their lips. There shall, nothing shall happen in February in Nigeria, but in the month of March. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, this is utterances. Now, when, when I told them, they wrote everything down. The media person interviewed me, did some publication, which was uh, not a hidden publication. But whatever the case, when I left Nigeria the following week, suddenly they said there will be no election anymore by February. The following week, I went second week of February, third week of February, and I left the country. They said there will be no election in February. And I said January, sorry. Second week of January, I was there. Third week of January, they announced there will be no election. And then they said, after about a few days, they came back to say, election shall be March. That media man called my office in London. He said, you are a true man of God. Because the one, the Bible says, the prophet that speaks and it comes to pass is of the Lord. How do you test a prophet? It is by what he says coming to pass. So, utterance, utterance therefore... It's not what you control because the Spirit of God is flowing through you. <coughs> it's like you are breathing. You don't control your breathing. If you hold your breath, after some time, it must come out of your nostrils. If you want to hold it and you think you can kill yourself by holding it, the breath will tell you that it's not your time to die. I will come out by force. Isn't it? 
So therefore, it's the prophecy of God. When God gives you prophetic utterance, your mouth will open and you begin to declare mystery. If man challenges it, then the prophecy will give them affirmation. So prophecies must be detailed. Prophetic utterance must be detailed and prophetic utterance must be directive. It must give you direction. But let me say this to you. It's different from prophetic declaration. Prophetic declaration is the area of prophetic, the gift of prophecy. All Christians can operate it. And that is what you did yesterday. And I will teach you that tonight and you will do it and we stop. What about somebody asked me? Now, before I answer the question, let's go to what is the meaning of prophecy? What is the purpose of prophecy, therefore? Go back to First Corinthians chapter. So now you know that in Romans you need faith for prophecy to be delivered. Yes? You, 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 you speak according to the proportion of faith. Now look at First Corinthians chapter 14. <clears throat> let's go back. Verse 5, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than he who speaks the one speaking in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may be what? Built up. Amen? Alright, let's read the next verse together, church. Stop. As military men and women, read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let us look at that statement. It says, unless I bring you a revelation, because it's talking of prophecy, which means prophecy gives revelation. Yes, something you don't know, it tells you. That's revealed to you, isn't it? I'm confused. I want to marry, but I have five women. All of them are marryable. They tick my box. Holy Ghost filled, water baptized, heavenly bound. Who shall I marry? They all look like the dream you had. When prophecy kicks in, he will knock each one out and tell you why they are not suitable. He will reveal what is in them that you don't know. Okay? When prophecy kicks in, that is the spirit of revelation. He can tell you what one of them will do in the future if you marry that person. They may look good, but is that God? Prophecy brings revelation. I will give you examples. <laughs> a father always here experience with his children. I remember in Christ of the Tabernacle pastors, we remember this. I will mention him. A woman was brought to me by a man. And that man said to me that uh, I want to marry this woman. And I said to the woman, I said to the man, you can't handle this one. Before the woman. At least it's my sincere opinion they are looking for. And they don't expect me to speak from my head. I said, you can't. And then, the man said to me, a pastor told me that that is my wife. I said, excuse me. A pastor, you said, I am the pastor. There are two different things. I am your shepherd. If a pastor said it, I said different. You have option to choose what I say. 
I said, you know why? The spirit inside you, your human spirit, not Holy Spirit now, your human spirit cannot cope with this woman. When I see the man who can handle this spirit inside this body that I'm seeing this woman, I will tell you that that is the man. But you, I so sorry for you. If you venture it, regret is your entrance out. He thought it was a joke. He went away and, mar- and they went and said they would marry. But because I'm their pastor, what do I do? I marry them. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Samson said, marry her for me, for I love her very much. And he lost his eyes. I marry them. After marrying them, suddenly a few days after, my door knocked. Apostle, 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 what is the matter? He ran in as somebody chasing him. That is three days after wedding, during honeymoon, hello? He said that when we got home that night, the woman took me to the kitchen. And he said, you mop this place. I'm not joking. In this London, you mop this place. The whole of this sitting room, you mop it. The, uh, the, the bedroom, you clear this and stuff. I said, when I, when I cook, you wash the plate, you wash the pot. And the man said, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. The first day, that was the welcome home. Because, of course, they moved to the house of the woman. But that doesn't mean that the woman should be so naive. By the third day, the woman got angry. And took the wedding suit and packaged it before the man returned. And she put the wedding suit outside the door when it was raining and rain was falling over the wedding suit. The man came back from work with his wedding suit because you are naughty. She said. Said, I will show you, Pepe. I have warned you. <laughs> it's so sad. Listen to me. That man, the God is so long story short or short story long, had to, he ran away. So I told the man, okay, this is what we are going to do. As a father now, not spiritual, but humanly. I said, you, I will keep you in the church house so that you, it will seem as if you are lost. And we will see whether he will look for you, she will look for you. I said, when she doesn't see you for five days, she doesn't know where you are, she should look for you. Do you know what? The man was in the house we put him. First, the second day, the woman didn't come to us. She will come to church now. The next thing I heard was that the man had run away, went back to the house, and started begging the woman. At the end of the day, she kicked him out. They are married, I don't think it took three months. There's another woman, I'm talking about prophetic revelation comes from prophecies. You know, ten girls can have a dream that this man is their wife, husband. Do you know that? Do you know that? And now it happens very well in church. Young sisters have dreams. Whereas it is a man who is supposed to find a wife. The Bible never says a a, 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 uh, he that findeth a husband find a good No, it says he that findeth a wife. But when they bring such revelation to you, how can you deal with it without the spirit of prophets? How can you? Somebody told me, I want to introduce my husband to me. I said, bring him to me. 
The man entered my office, Pastor Sidney will remember. The man is so tall. He went to the floor, prostrated. Ah, Apostle man of God. You, you know, it's a privilege to see you face to face. I am one of your fans, you know. <laughs> I'm one of your fans. He said, he said, ah, I never miss your program. You know when people are doing, praising me like that, I change my eyes to see who is speaking behind the veil. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible said, do not take the praise of man. So, after he has said all that to me, he said that when I met your daughter, she said she's your daughter, I was so happy that I'm marrying one of the daughters of Apostle, a member of the church, I mean, not my born daughter. So I said, oh, you're very welcome, my brother. Just sit down. You know, how are you? He said, I'm fine. How are things? Ah, very fine. When I was asking him, he didn't know that I was praying inside me. <laughs> you know, you can be talking and be communicating with heaven. Oh, yes, so you can split yourself into two. Amen. So when I was asking him how he feels and how are you, I was also communicating with God that what is this one standing beside before me? The, the words are so sugar-coated, so sweet, harmless. Is he the one that is speaking? Or is another man behind the veil? And the Lord said, son, look at him. And I saw him holding two boys. Hello? I'm talking about prof- prophecy, this, the office of prophet or the gift of prophecy. And I saw him enter into a house. And welcome, he was welcomed by a woman. And I said, Lord, what is this? He said, you know, that is his wife. He has two boys. And I said, Lord, how do we put this? He said, ask him, what, is, what about these two boys? Um, while he was still gallivanting, still expressing himself, you know. <laughs> and it's, the, the tide settled down I said you said I'm apostle isn't it? he said yeah you're a man of God one of the rarest in our country yes I am I said now what about these two boys that you are holding when I said that my eyes changed you that is no more joke what about these two boys he said yes daddy they are my children I said eh. I said to the sister did you hear that I said to him, you don't understand. The apostle you see on television is the real one. And that's the one you are committing. What you see is what you get. I said, so how dare you bring a man to me who has children to be married? I said, eh. He said, he had, the man said, I have left my wife. Ah, that's why you should not be married. You left your wife. Tell me what did she do? You know now you lie. I get you. This reason of truth is here. What did she do? And the Lord showed me two weeks ago. He went to visit the woman. And I said, what were you two weeks ago? I saw this door. I described the house I saw. He said, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. I, I, I visit her sir. Eh, you visit her. And so, what rank is this my daughter you want to marry now? He said, but I told her, I said, sister, did he tell you? He said, yeah, but he told me that he had divorced the woman. I said, hey, did you see the divorce letter? Did you go to register to go and confirm that it's genuine? I said, I have finished speaking with both of you. If you like, you can leave. If you like, you can wait. 
Do you know something? They walked away from my office. Warm and rustly. And they warm me warm in here. Hello? The sister left CFT. Yes. Yes. I don't mention her name when I talk about her testimony. She left because of the truth. She left. Look, prophetic is so good. I'm not talking about somebody saying that there's somebody here, your name is Quincy. (laughs) And then your address is number 12 uh, Victoria Avenue. You are living at uh, the fourth flat. Holy Spirit don't do things like that. Holy Spirit do not seek to impress you when he talks to you. That is a lie of the devil. I will get there now. So therefore, it brings revelation, it brings knowledge, and it brings word of instruction. And his name is prophecy. And the next verse tells you the functions. And the function says, No. Go back to verse 4. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself. But he who speaks in the the prophesy edifies each other. Yes. Go, 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 go. Go to verse 3. Let me see verse 3. Yes, that is it. So what is prophecy? Why prophecy? Prophecy, it says, but everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Now listen to me. I want to answer a question that was asked me. This scripture says, prophecy is, is, everyone who prophesies speaks to men. Yes? For their what? For their what? And for their, give me the King James Version on this. Shall we read together? Did you see curse there? Go to the NIV. So the person says that, what about Ezekiah? Isaiah went to Ezekiah and said to Ezekiah, you are going to die. Okay? And then Ezekiah turned to God. While Isaiah spoke to Ezekiah here, Ezekiah went to the altar, and Isaiah was walking away to the entrance. And when Ezekiah cried to God, that God, please have mercy, extend my days, God spoke to Isaiah and said, Go and tell him that I have answered his prayer and have extended his life. Okay? Is that a bad prophecy? No. Look, if I was Ezekiah, the moment Isaiah come and said that, God said you have finished your work, ready to go home, I say, what a blessed return. Father, I thank you, receive my spirit, and I will move instantly to heaven. Let me help you understand this. The Bible says, for me to die is gain. 
What was Ezekiah? What did Isaiah see? Did he see that Satan is going to kill Ezekiah? No. What Isaiah saw was the book of days, as in the book of Psalms. The number of years God permit Ezekiah was over. If your life is over, what are you doing in this world? If anybody spent beyond his life, you will see change and decay. Go and read the whole years Ezekiah spent. They were terrible for him. So, understand. Prophecy to Ezekiah that God said you have finished your life. It's not demonic. It's not satanic. It's not a witch that is killing him. According to the number God permitted him. What about Ezekiah who asked God, Father, please give me more days. And God decided, okay, for you, I will permit that. That is not a precedence. The reason is this. When you read the book of First Kings about Hezekiah, of course to Isaiah from 36, 37, 38, the Bible says Hezekiah was the most godly king. Okay? And you read it all the time, Psalm 145. He listens to the cry of the righteous. So because he was a very godly king, that Bible said none before him. He was the most godly king. Now, because of his standing before God, that is why he was able to influence the mercy of God to extend his life on earth. It's different from a prophet coming to tell you that you will die. Tell that prophet that I shall not die but live. Okay? Because all the prophets who speak all over the world now, and they speak of death, they are messengers of Satan. Because they come to speak of death, and to intimidate people, to terrorize people, so that fear will rule in the heart of people. Look, a Christian cannot die until God says, come. Cancer don't kill Christians. No. No sickness don't kill Christians. No. Accident don't kill Christians. No. Because if a Christian has an accident and the body is mutilated, God has the power to bring the body together and put the spirit back there and send you out. To continue to live. So, if a Christian therefore die in any circumstances, it is because God said, come. God has the power to stop any situation so that that situation does not ensue. Alright? And that Christian will not die. He has power to change any situation. Ah, with all the miracles we have seen God do. Understand therefore too, when we have some other time in the week I will be teaching you in the month on prophetic so that we can look at the Old Testament prophet and the New Testament prophet. You will see difference between them. In the Old Testament, the major reason why we are different from them is this. Holy Spirit will come upon a prophet, he will speak, and after he has spoken, finished, Holy Spirit will go. He is empty, ordinary man. Ordinary man. That's the reason why in the book of 1 Kings, you look at chapter 17 down to 19, Elijah came and said, There shall be no dew or rain except by my word. Yes? And after the, the uh, uh, fasting was, uh, uh, the drought was over, he, called, he took 700 prophets of Baal and 300 Asherah. He slaughtered them. He commanded fire to come down from heaven, and the fire consumed the sacrifice. And after that time, he heard that Jezebel was coming. He ran. 
That tells you, at the time he was operating those power, the Spirit was upon him. The moment the Spirit left him, he became an ordinary man. He heard that a woman is coming here. Who is more powerful, a woman or 1,000 prophets? Physically, 1,000 prophets can lynch him. A woman can't touch him. But he was ordinary man. He ran. Now let me say this to you. He ran to the place whereby he now said to God, Am I the only one? Kill me. No Christian can say that to God. And said, eh, 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 Elijah also said it. No, understand. Holy Spirit lives inside you. Whatever you face, you cannot say that which Elijah said. Because Elijah said it as ordinary man, like a man in the world there, who don't know God at all. So, the difference between the Old Testament prophet and us is this. The Holy Spirit lives in every Christian throughout your lifetime. The Old Testament, the Holy Spirit does not live in them. He did not live in them. He came upon them to enable them to do some functions and he goes off from them. That is the reason why when David experienced that, he said, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Because the Holy Spirit had departed already. He, uh, he understood the the reason for the Holy Spirit. So, a situation of uh, uh, Ezekiah is just so simple as that. It is not an evil report. It is not a prophecy. Uh, uh, Isaiah didn't go give prophecy because he wants to put Ezekiah in fear. What about in this age? Somebody said that somebody will die. And another person prays that that person should not die. And that person dies. It is because God wanted that person to go. Sometimes you pray against the will of God, isn't it? We do that very many times. So if you're a Christian and they said that your mother would die, and then you pray, 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 and the person dies, because God called her home. Alright? At the same time too, if your mother is not a believer, and they said that she would die because some witches are tormenting her, okay? That person may be a victim because it's not under the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ. But you need to understand, that does not change the definition of prophecy. Prophecy is given to encourage, to establish, and to... It doesn't change. It doesn't change. Let me give you one example before we go to the finishing touch now. Look at the New Testament. Let me read somebody for you. Look at the book of Acts chapter 21. Read from verse 6. After saying goodbye to each other, we went aboard the ship and they returned home. We continued our voyage to Tyre and and landed at uh, Ptolemias, where we greeted the brothers and stayed with them for a day. Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip, the evangelist, one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt. Watch this. Tied his own hands and feet 
with it and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way, the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of these belts and will hand him over to the Gentiles. Did you see that? When we had this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Watch this. Then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking your, my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of our Lord Jesus. When he, when he will not be dissuaded, we give up and said, the Lord's will be done. Can you see that now? Ezekiah was told he would die. He went to beg. This man was told that they will bind you. He said, no. Binding is too small. I want to die. This is the New Testament for you. Different between the Old Testament and the But from this you understand. Holy Spirit said, this man shall be bound. What is prophecy? Prophecy is talking about what will happen which God had permitted as his will. Because the end of the discussion, they said, if it be the will of God for him, let him go. And it is the will of God for Paul to be bound. Listen to me. God works everything that happens to Christians according to the counsel of his will. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. Christians are not supposed to think that everything should be rosy. Even rose have tons. So it's not plucking the, the flower and when the tongue, it's time for your hand to poke the tongue. You said, no, it's not my tongue. Rose is full of tongues. Are we together now? So if you look at the prophecy, this is how this man will be bound. Yes, Holy Spirit said it. But Holy Spirit has told him to go to, to Jerusalem. So he said, he said to him that the mission I'm sending you, you are going to suffer, so get yourself ready for suffering. And the people didn't understand it. They want to stop him from destiny. They said, no, you won't stop me. And then the people now came back by the Holy Spirit and said, if it is the will of God. I would get that. So that prophecy of, uh, that looks like a bad prophecy, it didn't stop him from going. That's what I'm telling you. Somebody came to me and said that, ah, this Nigeria, you are going, they are going to kill you. I'm already there, I want to die. Yes. But they can't kill me unless my tongue is... <laughs> You understand the prophetic now? That is the distinction. We must not be afraid of what anybody says. If you say, in the olden days, when they want to say bad prophecy, you read real prophet to the king. They first say to the king, live forever, O king. If a prophet says to the king, live forever, the next thing is going to be a bombshell. Because if you just come to the king and just say, king, you are going to die, the king will say, remove his head first. Then he will know that I am the king. So he first said to the king, live forever, O king. He said, this that I will say shall not be unto you, but for your enemies. Yes? Then he will begin to say what will happen to him. And then the king will say, what is the remedy? And then they will tell the king the remedy, and then he will do it. But in the New Testament, it is different. Hello? Is it not unto you? The Bible says, the angel of the Lord, and come round those who fear the Lord, to protect them. So that is the difference between New Testament children of God, 
and the Old Testament children of God. God lives in you by His Spirit. In the Old, He never lived in Moses. He never lived in Abraham. He never lived in Isaac. He never lived in Elijah. He came upon them and He left. But now, He lives within you. That's the difference now. So finally, while you understand that prophecy is a gift for all, we agree, say amen. amen. I didn't hear your amen. amen. I didn't hear that kind of amen. amen. I think those of you at the back that didn't answer me. I said prophecy is for you. Amen. Okay. That's the first thing because it's faith we are talking about now. So what's your level of prophecy? That is the kind of prophecy of Ezekiel. Let's finish the curriculum of Ezekiel chapter 37. I will just explain to you principles and then you are going to do it now. You will prophesy now. Amen. Listen to me. It says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley it was full of bones. Understand, the Holy Spirit is inside you. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it enables you. <clears throat> Are we together now? Look at what he says here. <clears throat> he led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very what? Dry. The next verse says, He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said, Prophesy or speak forth. Make a declaration to the dry bones. God says, now, the two principles before this one is this. Look, don't call red blue. Okay? To revoke a, a, a prevailing condition and making give way to the condition that should be first, first determined by you understanding and identifying the prevailing condition. I cannot walk. I cannot walk. My leg is paralyzed. It's not negative confession. Because if I'm paralyzed, I am paralyzed. I must identify that this is paralysis first. Okay? I am having problem in my marriage. It is my own doing. You must identify that you are the one causing the trouble. Don't you want to pray and rebuke that spirit? You cannot say that you are having problem in marriage when... It is you that is the problem. And you are not praying that God, the devil of my husband, remove it. How long would that be? The devil is you. It is you is using. Hey, I can't succeed. Everything I do, I fail. Because you are a thief. Will a man rob God? The Bible says, yet he robbed me. You said in what have I robbed? In your tithe and offering, you have robbed me, says the Lord. You understand what I'm saying to you? You must confront your situation. So God took him to the midst of dry bones. 
Second thing in that principle is that when God asks him, can these bones live? Do you think God doesn't know what he's doing? Why should God ask him, can these bones live? Let me say this to you. If you try to fix things by your own strength, you fail. You must come to a situation to identify that it is only the Lord who can bring this solution. Haven't God confronted him with that? God now said, now you know that I am the one who knows. But I know that the solution is in your own mouth. Three, you have to recognize you are the one God will use to solve your own problems. All the problems of God you, or problems of others. God used man in the realm of man. He does not use spirits. Angels can lead you to a person you should preach to, but they won't preach to that person. It is the job of man to, to win so, not the job of angels. But then if you look at here, it says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. What is the word of the Lord? What is the word of the Lord? Somebody has it here. Pastor, give me. What is the word of the Lord? Can you see this one? <clears throat> what is the word of the Lord? I can't hear you there. Why are you looking at me like that? I say, what is the word of the Lord? It may be in your iPad or your telephone, but it's the Bible. Are we? It's the word of the Lord. Look, let me say this to you. Now, understand this principle and something will happen to you now that you have never seen in your whole life. God will show to you that he is real. More real than you ever thought. It says, go to verse 4 please. <clears throat> verse 4 says, Prophesy to these dry bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Yes. So what is the word in this occasion? Shall we read it together? What is the word? Who is on that projector? You should follow me. Go to verse 5. Shall we read together? So, at this time that Ezekiel was hearing God, did the bones come to life? No. No, the bone has not been addressed. God is addressing man. He gave you word. You are still reading it. It is the rod he put into your hand. That rod cannot manifest until you drop it to the floor. That word cannot make effect until you send it out. So God said, say to the dry bones, I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. The next verse says, I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Did you see how God is systematic in his words? He did not first say you will come to life because there is no good for a bone to be alive. If you see a bone working, 
He's of no good. He's of, even you will run. Nobisu. God is teaching you how you deal with things here. Deal with things as God deals with things. When God was going to create the heavens and the earth, He said, let there be light first. He didn't just create the heavens and the earth and then just call everything to be. He spoke them one after the other according to the priority. So, when it got to the end, the end was beautiful. He said here, I will attach tendons first to bones. Then I will bring flesh upon bones. Watch this. And cover the flesh with skin. Yes? Then I will put breath in human being, body. And you will come to life as a human being. After every part has been produced, then life will come so that the whole part will move. Look at what happened here. Then you will know that I am what? The Lord, verse 6. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Your miracle will be complete tonight. I say your miracle will be complete tonight. I don't care how long you have been having the issue. Let me tell you something. In the month of June, I haven't told my my, uh, administrators and trustees. In the month of June, there is somebody among you. This this is August now. Towards the end of June, we were, normally I play with everybody, and he was around me, and we were playing. So, and after we finished playing, you know, I cracked jokes. And he also cracked the joke. So, after he said, (laughs) Apostle, sir, I said, what is it? He said, I want to see you. I said, what is it? Because now his face has changed. He said, where is my child? He said, my wife has not conceived. I said, I don't know you want a baby. He said, I want a baby. Because you know in England, some people marry, they don't want a baby. It is only in the UK I see that too. In Africa, the moment you are married as God of heaven lives, baby falala. You know? But here, some people will marry, they will say that they don't want baby. I don't know what entered their head. I don't know what they are doing. If you didn't ready for baby, why did you marry? Huh? So I have to ask that to him that I don't know. Because you never told me you are looking for baby. He said, Apostle, we want baby. I said, yes, I can see the way you look, that you really want baby. He said, so pray for me and my wife, or my wife and I. And I looked at him. When he was talking, I was asking the Lord. But his matter is not prayer, says the Lord. If a man has a need, and he came to another man sent by God, who carries the unction? He has placed demand on that unction. Do I have to pray? No. To the leper, he said, If you are willing, make me whole. He said, I'm willing. You are made whole. For him to come to me, he recognized that I'm his friend. Yes, we have joked. I'm his pastor. We have played. 
But now, I am his apostle. He's asking me that the gift inside you, let it work for me. That is what the Spirit is saying. I said, brother, by this time next year, I will carry your boy in my hand. After I said that, he didn't ask me for prayer anymore. He just said, amen, apostle, and he left. He said, I will tell my wife. Look, he called me this week. He sent me the picture. Immediately last month, the wife conceived. I have the picture of my baby. He said it to me, he said, this is grandbaby coming. He took, and he said, this is life. He showed that life is in the baby. Baby one month. You know why I'm saying this to you? This scripture says, Then you will know that I am the Lord. Go to the next verse. If you look at this man now, he started to prophesy, but I want to see his own procedure too. What is the first thing? He says, So, as God has said, I prophesied as I was commanded. Come on now. Come on now. The word is in your mouth. The word of faith that you declare. Say it. God will do it not because I said it, but because you said it. Are we together now? He got the principle right in his mind, but the action, watch it now. Whether he did it so or he didn't do so. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling noise, and the bones came together. And the bones to bones, hallelujah. I can begin to see a horror film. This man was in the midst of bones. Heads were here. Una was here. Radius was over there. And everything was bamboo jumbo. And he was walking in the midst of dry bones. Under him are bones of skeleton. And when he began to prophesy, the head that is far below, surface, the shoulder blade of that one came. Neck. You can imagine bones. <laughs> the bones that are under bones, once he called them to be, other bones will give way. They are looking for themselves. The head, a, a head didn't go to the wrong body. Because each head has its own body. It does not matter how scattered the life of a man is. The solution is in your mouth. In your mouth. God is waiting for you. Satan intimidates Christians so much. Look, let me tell you. Faith is so simple. It's trust in the Lord. You know what makes Apostle Williams unique? I don't fear what the Bible didn't tell me to fear. The only one I fear is the one who can take my soul and cast, uh, kill my body and cast my soul to hell. So, it does not matter what a man looks. What a serpent looks, a devil looks. It's irrelevant to me. If a man turns to a serpent, I will grab his head. That is not a serpent that can bite me. He's a fake one. They call it in my dialect, Ishiju. I know about it. Come on, let me hold you the word of God. He says, I prophesy as I was commanded. As I was prophesying, there was rattling, 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 rattling sound. But look at the next verse. I love it. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared. And then, what happened? Skin covered them. That is meat. Is it not meat you call it? 
Meat. Tendons and flesh. Flesh is meat. Abby? Flesh, flesh is meat. Tendon. Muscles. And then meat is the flesh. Then skin. Our. That's what they call it in my language. <laughs> God will not leave you naked. Look at what it says here. But there was no breath in them. So all of them now were standing like this. Hello? I want to show you something. Look at verse 9. So, what happened to this man? When he began to prophesy, tendons came, flesh came, and all the bones were rattling, they are joining one another. And then he saw people standing. He said he looked. <laughs> Spectacular. So, he is... Is he aghast, they call it? Or amazed? The guy just was looking. He stopped prophesying that what is this in the valley of trial? <laughs> Whereas, God told him to command breath. He stopped. He didn't command breath. So when he did not command breath, he was looking at the spectacular. God is doing it for you. A little he has done, you stop praying. Hey, you said it has arrived. No, it's not finished. You don't keep your mouth shut until it is finished. You know many times when we begin to speak in the Lord, doors are open, and you see the doors, and you just forget it. Ah, yeah, yeah, it has happened. Before you get to the door, it's shut again. Did Jesus not say, ask until your joy is what? Full. He said, you have not received because you have not asked. Don't be carried away. So what happened? Then he said to me, prophesy to, this, to the breath, prophesy son of man, don't stop talking. And say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come. I love it. From where? The four winds. I love it. Come, breath. From the four winds. Oh, breath. And breathe into this lane. Listen to this. That they may live. Your slain will live today. Amen. Let me say this to you. John 10.10 10, The thief has come to kill, to steal, to destroy. The Bible does not finish there. If you read your own Bible like that and you punctuate it, there is a problem. It says, but the Son of God has come to restore that which the devil has slaughtered to give life to the one he has killed to bring back what he has stolen so that you may have life not just a small life have life to the fullest have life abundantly that is why the son came and therefore you cannot stop speaking your battle is always ending with victory if a man can continue to speak in the name of the lord of hosts there is therefore no defeat for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore no failure. For those who are in Christ Jesus. Your failure yesterday will turn to success tomorrow. Amen. Listen to me. You must not stop declaring. Understand. You want to make declaration tonight. I don't care whether you have been praying before over this issue. You see before you have been praying. Now you speak. You don't pray. And you don't speak in the position you used to speak before. 
you will speak in the position of God speaking. This is God speaking. God did not say, help me tell the, the, the dry bones what I intend to do. No. God said, you take this instruction. Now you speak it to them. When he did not speak, God did not call the wind for him. God said, say to the wind, come. And the wind came. Send him into the corpse. Into the bodies of man. And the wind entered their body. He said, tell the wind what he should do. Live, son of man. And they became a mighty army. A mighty army. So I prophesied and him, as he commanded me. And breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet. A vast army. Stand up on your feet now. Listen to me. You want to speak tonight? You want to speak tonight? Understand that God wants to do some great things with you. But the great thing that God wants to do, it is your mouth he will use. Do you want a scripture that gives you validation? Look at Isaiah 51 verse 16. Shall we read Isaiah 51 verse 16 again together? No, Isaiah 51, 5116. I have put my words in your mouth and covered you with the shadow of my hand. I who set the heavens in place, who laid the foundations of the earth, and who said to Alfred Williams, you are my people. You are my people. Now begin to make.